0: Mindhead Baptist Church Sermon Podcast for Sunday the 16th of April 2023. Hello and welcome, thank you once again for joining me. My name's James and I'm the web guy here at NBC. This week we started a new series looking at God's power in the run-up to Pentecost. So Paul looked at knowing God's power and the reading is Ephesians chapter 1 verses 18 to 22. So we are going to join Paul as he's doing some notices.
1: And therefore you can almost say the sermon is going to say no matter what battle you're facing this morning the battle belongs to him. And it's his power that will release you from the things that bind you. And the battle belongs to the Lord. Actually, we could go home now, couldn't we? We really could do. It. They, be very, well, they might be very pleased for all I know. I mean, they get to know it. We could just do it round and round. Absolutely. <laughs> Every song. It's lovely to welcome you to Minehead Baptist Church if this is your first time here. Or if you've been here hundreds of times. If you're visiting Minehead, we're sorry about the weather. Or, or if, or if you've come and you've just uh, you've come to Minehead and you're wondering about church and you've come here to be with us. Either way around, you're really welcome. We'd like to welcome you in two ways. First of all, now. Um, so if there's someone around you don't know, can you just turn around and say hello? Just a hello will do. There you go. We physically welcome you. Hopefully, you've had a hello. You've had that sense of welcome. But actually, we'd like to welcome you in another way. We'd love to get to know you better. And therefore, after the service, we have tea and coffee out in the hall over there. And we'd love to know about you, a little bit more about you. I also know there are some folk that, that you've been here at NBC for the last two or three weeks or so... Um, and a bit maybe a bit more but we don't really know much about you so I want to encourage you uh, you'll find some little welcome slips out there out in the foyer that, that if you fill them in we'll give Margaret in the office some details and a chance of knowing us knowing who you are and staying in contact so we'd love to get to know you in a number of different ways. It's also uh, my privilege to say, in part of our notices this week, that, as per the sheet, there are just the two or three other ones. They are to say a, big, a huge thank you for me, from me, um, for those that were at, uh, came here during the week and put on uh, the spring harvest live stuff here for us. Each evening of the week we had Spring Harvest streamed here. That went well from our perspective and it went well from Spring Harvest perspective and so we're actually thinking about what might we do next year, what might we do to sort of make that even bigger. And so thank you if you came and you were involved and I just want to let you know that there are a couple of folks that truly had that sense of grace and burden lifted while they were here. So thank the Lord for that reality. And then to say, I've got some other bits of family news. If you were one of the craft get-togetherers, is that the right phrase? That'll do. Craft get-togetherers before Easter, and you made those amazing Easter wreaths. Um, I know you had a lot of fun, and I know there was a lot of cake. And interestingly enough, if you ate my Mars bar cake, I can still, I stand here, brothers and sisters, and still tell you it was zero calorie. But if you ate a bit on that Mars I, I know that was great fun was had. Uh, Marjorie, give us a wave, Marjorie. Hi, Marjorie, over there. I don't know who Marjorie is. was wondering if people would be interested in doing something similar, um, even getting together for craft, craft evenings on a kind of more regular basis than once a year, really. If, um, if that's something that appeals to you, could be men or women, you can be young or old, you can be beginners or experts. The idea is not so much that actually you produce, although you do produce a beautiful piece of craft, but more that we have fellowship together. So if that's you, then and Marjorie's going to be, tells me here, Marjorie, that you're going to be at a table during the hall, in the hall during coffee. Is that right? Okay, so if she's sitting down at a table, it's because, go talk to her, because she'd love to talk to you about craft. And then there's some other bits of news. that are all related to birthdays in different ways. There's a notice, one date for your diary that's not on the notice sheet. Um, the hub This year is 10 years old. Okay, and as as we remember that, what what we're trying to do is to say, okay, thank you, Lord. Let's celebrate what the Lord has done. Okay? And then, in addition to that, let's ask the Lord what do you want to do in the next 10 years. Let's look at what happens in that process. And so, on Monday the, if the coronation is the 8th, On the 8th, Monday the 8th of May, we're going to have a service at the Hub at 10 o'clock in the morning. A kind of celebration service for all that God has done. And we're going to follow it by having some food together. So that's a date for your diary, Monday the 8th of May. If you're wondering what to do on bank holiday Monday. If you've got children, here's the cool news. The play area will be open. Okay. (laughs) If you're Liam, he's going to be supervising all the youngsters please come along and then we have two, two of our folks who've got birthdays Indy where are you Indy hi Indy I understand it's your birthday on Tuesday is that right okay and I understand you're mega excited why are you mega excited what have you got for your birthday a guinea pig okay I've got to tell you Indy this is the truth have you got a mobile phone at all has your mum and dad got a mobile phone? Okay, well then you can pester your mum and dad if you have my permission until next week they're able to bring a picture of your guinea pig with them to show everybody else in church. Oh, we've got one. Oh, cool. All right then. Well, after service, please come find us. That'll be excellent. And secondly, the other person that's, that's, that's got a birthday today, we celebrate some of those fives and those zeros, is Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Ashley's 25 today. And in case you're wondering why the church is doing that, for those of you that don't know, Ashley, when he was much younger, suffered this horrific injury and was told by doctors that actually the, the future meant he wouldn't be alive, let alone walk. Or, But by the prayers of this church and the power of God, Ashley's a young man in his own right now. And so... We want to celebrate those two things that God's up to in India's life. Congratulations on the guinea pig and on the birthday. And on in Ashley's life. Is anybody else with a birthday? Okay, no, well, well Ashley in India is then for, for happy birthday. Thank you,
2: Sue. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. Happy
1: birthday, dear, dear, Ashley, dear, dear. Ashley and India. India. Happy birthday birthday to you. Well done. Hmm. Do you know, we talked to me about the power of God. I I love this psalm, Psalm 20, because it's a psalm that that David writes as a prayer for victory in battle. We just sang the battle belongs to the Lord. And he writes this psalm to remind us that we have God's power. This is what he says. May the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the name of Jacob, the God of Jacob, protect you. May He send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May He remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offerings. May He give you the desires of your hearts and make your plans succeed. We will shout for joy when you are victorious, and we will lift up the banners in the name of our God. There's an invitation, Debbie. May the Lord grant all your requests. Know that now I know that the Lord saves his anointed. He answers him from his holy heaven with the saving power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall and rise up, but we stand firm. We stand firm in the wonderful, awesome, majestic, powerful name of the Lord. And I know it's that Lord we're going to worship now, Laura.
2: Definitely. Good morning, everybody. I was absolutely thrilled when I heard that the theme of uh, this morning's service was the, us looking at God's power, because there are so many good songs about this. Um, so we've selected some that I think are really, really good and have great words. So um, if you'd like to stand to sing, we are going to start. Give thanks to the Lord our God and King. Give thanks to Lord
1: our God and King. So, Father God, we come before you, awesome, majestic God. Our God is greater. We cry. So, not from my heart, but from your heart, cry out to this awesome majestic, holy, powerful God. Give him your praise. But don't be slow, but be quick. And if someone's praying and God prompts you to pray, you pray away, because I've got to tell you, an awesome truth is God hears more than one prayer at once. Mm -hmm. And I invite you to worship the Lord in his awesome power from where you are.
2: Thank you, Jesus, that he who starts a good work in us, he who began that good work in us, We'll carry it to completion. Amen.
1: Amen.
3: Yes. thank you jesus
2: hallelujah mm. thank you, God, your grace and mercy, yes.
1: hallelujah
2: there's no one like you lord no one thank you jesus
0: lord, mm. glory.
2: thank you Father, for your son.
0: Mm. Amen. Amen.
2: thank you lord thank you jesus Thank you Jesus.
1: Thank you Lord what's impossible for man is always. Amen. in Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you. So we thank you Lord. Awesome, majestic, powerful Lord. And pray that by your awe you would move through us today. By your majesty you would move through us today. By your power you would move through us today. And that your Holy Spirit would move and rest and go out from us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, please be seated. I can remember it like it was yesterday, although it wasn't actually, it was 11 years ago and kind of that makes me go, how long? But it was 11 years ago that I had an amazing opportunity to go uh, and do some mission work in India, transformational, it touched my heart, it made me appreciate the awesome, majestic, wonderful power of God. When you're in the middle of a slum and you're giving someone a drink of water and they go, who are you? And why are you doing this when no one else around me will? Awesome, majestic God. Great opportunity to learn a load about God for myself, to bring it back and to help teach the church I was pastor of at the time a load about God and then to let it form me and my ministry and indeed, as you can probably tell, It has. It's not often that a church gets the chance to release one of its ministers to go and do that. But that's exactly what we're going to do this week. Because Richard's going to go on the mission field, not as far as India, uh, but to Israel. And so we don't know what God's going to do. But I'm going to invite Richard just to share with the whole church, as a church family, a little about what God's going to be doing on the mission field with him. And then we're going to pray for him. Because if it's true that awesome God will form ministry in this young man as he serves him during this coming period of time, then it's also true to say that we, dear church, must pray. Richard.
4: Morning. Good morning. First, say thank you for all your support for our cake sale, The whenever it was, the month month and a half ago. Uh, Yes, as Paul says, I'm off to Israel tomorrow morning, bright and early. and it's, in many ways, a trip of walking in Jesus' steps. We're spending some time in Galilee and going to see, uh, well, spending, staying in Nazareth and seeing the Mount of Beatitudes. Uh, but also there's another element to it, the, you might term it the political side. We're going to uh, have some lectures and have some discussion about the history of Israel and Palestine in the post-war period Uh, We're going to spend some time, uh, we're visiting the Palestinian Bible Society to find out what they're up to. We're going to go and visit Jerusalem and see and try and understand some of what is going on over there. Uh, We're we're staying largely in Bethlehem Bible College and as part of that we're going to find out about their work and the challenges they face Uh, We're going to spend some time at a refugee camp in Bethlehem, learning more there. And we're going to spend, or we're going to go and have shared dinner with some uh, local Christians, uh, in an effort to understand more about what their context is. And I'm sure I've missed lots out there, but you get a general picture, hopefully.
1: What we've given you, uh, as I'm sure you can appreciate, because this is going to go online, is kind of an overview, without giving you some of those details and some of those things that might happen, which might be more sensitive, and we hope you understand that reality. But I can't let, and we should not let Richard go and do this without prayer. So I'm going to invite Tommy up. Um, Actually, I'm going to invite you to stand over there, Richard, because, put it this way, when you're in shot with me, you you know, what can I say? (laughs) Except, except there's a better looking one and it ain't me. <laughs> come on up, Tommy. We want to pray for Richard. But when I say we, I don't mean us, I mean we. Okay? So I'm going to ask Tommy to pray for Richard. We're going to lay hands on him. If you want to come up and join us, feel free. Um, in fact, you'd be better off standing down there, Richard, you then won't, you won't creep, will we? Um, And we're going to pray for him as a church and literally pray that God will be here with him in this mission field. Tommy.
0: Thank you, Heavenly Father, that you you 're not an not an inward looking God that you don 't just care about the the church in minehead or the church in England or the church in the u k you care about the church around the world you, you, you pray you, you you command us to make disciples of all nations and so we we thank you that you are sending richard and you 're sending um, others at Bristol Baptist College to Israel um, to see to be obedient to what it is you're calling them to. We pray your blessing upon them. May you bless them and keep them and cause your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. Would you protect them, Lord? Would they have your favor? We pray for your protection. We pray spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, Lord, that you would you would protect them as they go into... Areas of tension, areas that can be dangerous, Lord, we just pray for your protection over them, Lord. And and we ask that through Richard and through others, um, people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray that the church would expand, that the, that the, the, the church borders would, would expand further into Israel. Amen. Um, and we and we pray that your name would be glorified in Israel through Richard and through others at Bristol Baptist College would you would you give them a heart to learn a heart to be challenged a heart to step out we just pray that that Israel would love you more when when the BBC team leaves Would they they leave and and Israel loves you more, worships you more? And we pray that Richard and the team would love you more as well. And would the name of Jesus Christ, be glorified in that place. And may we see the eternal fruits of that when we all come to see you, Jesus, face to face. Amen. Amen.
1: So I ask these amazing people continue to pray for Richard. I pray, Richard, over you that this trip, this mission trip, may be one of divine exchange. That the Holy Spirit in you may be prompted by the God that loves you, not just to the mission field, but into the formation of your ministry. And that what you learn, and what you see, and what you feel, and what you sense, and what you touch, And the way God speaks to your heart and prompts you and excites you. The way that he breaks it over some of those sad situations that you will see. All of that will go into your formation. And you, dear brother in Christ, may be a better minister for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you, Richard. It's true, isn't it, that all the heavens and all the earth and everything... Praises God and we're kinda of gonna sing about that now.
2: We've got a song about that, yeah. Exactly. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> if you'd like to stand to sing, that would be brilliant.
1: Father, we pray for our young people, we pray for their leaders, and we pray that that awesome God we've just sung about will be theirs this morning, that their leaders will be inspired and filled with the awesome power of the Holy Spirit, inspired by awesome God, and that our young people may learn more of you, and may love you. We pray today, Lord, we pray for that breakthrough, where they come and they say, I trust and believe in jesus father god we thank you for our young people Uh, and lord what an awesome privilege but bless them we pray in jesus name amen Amen. in case you're wondering who tommy is we've got any visitors he's the man with the backpack it's a bit like (laughs) the pied piper (laughs) you're on your way tommy is that okay as they pass you can i encourage you to pray for them This is not one of those dead moments of our service, but one we should be more proactive than ever before. As they pass you, pray for them. What a blessing, eh? What a blessing to have so many of those young people around us I was looking at a study this week um, I can't remember where it was so I can't direct you to it sorry but it basically said that where churches have got young people the average number of young people in any one church is between 6 and 8 wow what a privilege therefore we have <laughs> sorry I just saw one youngster waving at me That's just. <laughs> I, I think I'm not sure whether that was I'm out of there hallelujah (laughs) that's
2: it you're gonna have to sing even louder now aren't you because we've lost so many people um the next one i'm not sure if we've done this before or not see we we weren't sure were we you think we've sung it possibly maybe for those of you that know it um feel free to sing extra loud just to make up for the people that maybe not heard it before but it is amazing it's got lovely words and i'm sure you'll pick it up really really quickly so if you'd like to stand we're going to sing forever he is glorified The moon and stars lay
4: the morning Please do have a seat. We're going to come now to a time of prayer. So shall we pray? Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity we have to gather together as your people and to worship you. Father, we thank you for the freedom we have to do so without fear, without worry. Thank you, Lord. And we think of those around the world at the moment who might be preparing to gather today where they do have to fear, fear of arrest or persecution. Lord, we pray your spirit would be upon them. Father, we pray for them. We pray for an overturning of the regimes, Father, of mindsets and cultures that oppose you. Father, we pray again for your world. Father, we pray for the places where there is war, where there is violence. Father, I saw only yesterday of infighting in Sudan, Lord. Father, might you bring peace. Father, might your peace break out. Father, we pray as well for this, your country, this country, Britain, Lord. Father, in a few weeks we have the coronation. Father, a moment when hundreds of millions, maybe even billions, will tune in to watch what is at its heart a Christian service. A service that speaks of you. And Father, we pray that you would speak through it to those who listen to what and watch. That your voice would be heard. We pray, Lord, for our government as they continue to struggle with a whole host of things and what is the right way to act. Father, we pray that they would hear your voice. Father, that those in government who are followers of you would be confident declaring who you are and what you would have done. and Father, we pray as well for the family of Ken, Father, as they come to terms with the loss of a father and uncle. Father, might they know your love. Father, we pray as well for those in hospital, Father, we pray for Brian. Father, we pray that he would know you, know your comfort, and your love, and your healing. And Father, we pray as well for Janice as she recovers from her fall. Father, might she be with you, or might you be with her in every part of her life. And Father, we lift up to you those we know who are in need of your love and of our prayers. Father, might you continue to be that comfort and rock. Father, we pray, pour out your spirit on your church. Overflow from us. Father, let us be a light in mine head for your love for us and for the your world father pour out your spirit on us we pray we ask all this in your son's name amen
3: the reading this morning is from ephesians chapter one verses fifteen to twenty three That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And his incomparable great power for us who believe that the power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. Which is his body, the fullness of God, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. I'm just going to pray for Paul as he comes to speak to us this morning. Father, thank you for Paul and thank you for the time of preparation he has put into this morning. Father, may we be open to hearing from you today. May the words who speaks be of ye. Amen.
1: That's it then. Easter's over for another year. After all, the, the eggs have been eaten, I guess spring harvest has come and gone the schools go back to school schools to school tomorrow or the day after or whenever but soon easter's gone and dusted what have we got to look forward to now the reality is however if that's all easter was to us then it is over But I'd like to argue this morning, if argue's the right word, that Easter isn't over. Specifically, it wasn't over for those disciples. There they were on Resurrection Sunday, and there Jesus was alive. Now came the task of truly understanding what had happened, of engaging with this awesome power of God. He's alive. He's alive. Spring harvest was amazing and I want to thank them for letting us live stream it here because in reality it was lovely to see people here move, see their lives affected. And it gave us a model on which we can build, so thank you to that. But if all spring harvest is, is the kind of spiritual injection, we missed the point. I want to tell you, I don't think Easter's done at all. And I think we need to journey throughout the next few weeks with the reality of what is and learn what is the awesome power of God. We need to know that power. Easter's lovely, and I get the fact it's not—it's good for chocolate, if you're a chocoholic. And incidentally, just to let you know, I and Lorraine got one small egg this year. Don't feel too sympathetic, because we haven't even opened it yet. But the reality is, if that's all it's about, if it's all about eggs and getting together with the family and a meal. And if that's all it's about, we miss the point, don't we? And the challenge is that so much of society misses the point. Why? If it's true that this resurrected Lord is standing there, having been raised by the power, the awesome power of God, and that that awesome power of God is ours today... Why does our society not know the real events and the real significance and the real power of Easter? There can be only one explanation. It's not as if God isn't God or that the Lord isn't the Lord, it must be us. Friends, Between now and Pentecost, we're going to hopefully do something transformational in the life of the church. And I say hopefully, because what it means is I and Richard and anybody else, and Alex as big as he preaches, anybody else that's in this pulpit has got to do something profound. And it's this simple. It's why I've decided to abandon that and stand here. We have got to get ourselves out of the way so that God can work. But that will only ever succeed if you are prepared to let him work in your life. The truth of the matter is, if, as Paul tells us in that uh, that reading from Ephesians, the awesome power of God is ours today, and if we truly want the walls of our lives to come tumbling down and the walls of this church to come down too, then all we've got to do is let it happen. But the challenge is we get in the way. We convince ourselves that Easter's about chocolate and bunnies. And really it's about God and power. So that's my heartfelt, impassioned plea. Once we know God's awesome power, we we'll go this way now. Once we know God's awesome power, <laughs> yeah quite, <laughs> I'll try not to fall off. Once we know God's awesome power, then the reality is we can never not unknow it. So if you don't know the awesome power of God this morning, today's the day I want to say God wants you to know it. And I'm giving Brian a headache here, we're wandering around, sorry Brian. But but the reality is, for me, this this is at my core, this is who I am. And I want to lay it out for you. Because if I do that, if I'm first, if I make myself vulnerable, if I open up, then I invite you to do the same, knowing that the vulnerable pastor who by the grace of God stands here by the power of the Lord, is inviting you to do the same too. Simple invitation really. Could end the sermon there. But we're not going (laughs) to. Why? Because over the next few weeks between now and Pentecost, we're going to look at this power thing. And I I just wrote down the ways that we're going to look at it. Okay, we're going to look at what it means to pray in power. The power of forgiveness. The power of grace, the power of testimony, and the power of worship. And they're all linked, if you think of it logically. This week, it was an amazing thing to be here and to join with those who were in the chalets, or in the actual event at Spring Harvest, as they talked about the upside-down, flipped kingdom. You Remember? Those of you that were here or there? See, the reality is, friends... We live in a world that's the wrong way up, except the world of Jesus Christ is the right way up. And so the truth of the matter is we've got to tell the world that they're the wrong way up and get them to flip the right way up. But to do that, we need the power, don't we? The power of God. I love Paul. He's, he's one of, he gets me annoyed at times, let's be honest. But I love his frankness and his honesty. Paul tells the Ephesians, Ephesians 1.19 that had been praying for them, that they would understand. To quote him, the immeasurable greatness of, I'll put in brackets, God's, I hope that's okay, the immeasurable pr- greatness of God's power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might. Do you get the drift? Interestingly enough, he doesn't say towards you, and he doesn't say towards first century Christians, he says towards us who believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ, then the whole of the power of God is available to you this morning and it's ready for you to use all his power now um, with every great respect to Tommy and Richard who probably know more Greek than me one of them definitely does I'll leave you to think out which one it's not Richard he just said (laughs) (laughs) the one that that knows more than me this Greek word for power is dunamis d-u-n-a-m-i-s and it's a Greek word from which we get two words we get the word dynamo and dynamite. Okay. Now imagine if this church was powered by the awesome power of God that was both a dynamo and dynamite. That's Paul's prayer to these Ephesians and to you and I. As Someone wrote in a commentary, I love this, they said, it's an explosive power that we sit on in church. <laughs> and you kind of think, that's a great summary, isn't it? I love the, the sort of image of it. In fact, I had an image of what might go off, go, go on rather, if this dynamite went off. I'm going to leave that to your imagination, but I am going to say this is the truth. We sit on the power. And therefore we diminish it. God's dynamo, dynamic, dynamite power is ours. The question is not do we have it, the question is, are we going to use it? It's an awesome thing, actually, to be a pastor of this church, just to let you know. I'm going to, I said I'd be vulnerable, so I want to tell you this. It's really true. In equal measures, you delight and frustrate me. <laughs> How about that, then? I told you I'd be vulnerable. You delight me. Because in you, in the transformation that God is doing in your life, and in the life of this church, I see God moving in power. And you frustrate me because I believe you could do so much more for the Lord if you just realised your full potential and you let this power go through because there's a secret to knowing God's power hallelujah someone said but it wasn't anyone here the reality is there's a secret to knowing God's power and the secret is really simple here's what you've got to do if someone, if you, please note this down if you've got a pen and paper it's really important the next few words I'm going to say I want you to remember them and I want you to take them home with you because they are so important if you want to know what the secret is here's the secret are you ready do nothing do nothing remember Who you are and what you have. Do nothing, remember who you are and what you have. And if you put them together, can you see how that's not about any program we might have, or anything we might invent, or any mission we might give ourselves, or anything we might delight in doing? It all becomes down to God and who He is, who we are in Him, what He can do in our lives. So, do nothing, remember who you are and what you have. Simple. And if we all do that, and we all accept, because that's the fourth bit of this, the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, and the amazing, dynamic power of God, then he will be unstoppable here. And I want to tell you... um, Sometimes it's hard to remember that little thing I gave you. And you kind of go, why? Here's my sense of why. Why is it difficult? Because we have an enemy that would prefer, if he could, to stop making church all about Christ and start making church all about us. We have an enemy who would prefer, if he could, to trap us in a lie. Uh, I don't want you to do this but I, uh, uh, out publicly, but I do want you to do this in your heart. Imagine, in your heart is a little person, and that little person is sitting on a throne, on a chair actually, it doesn't have to be a throne. I'm going to invite that little person in you, you, to respond to something. If you feel you are strong, stay seated. If you think you're weak and feeble, stand up. Do it in your heart. don't have to do it out loud. If you want to do it here, fine. Here's the truth, those of you that have stood here, or those of you that have stood in your heart. Scripture tells us that you are not weak and feeble. Scripture tells us that the power and the grace of the majestic, wonderful Holy Spirit is yours. Scripture tells us that you are strong. And that in him, you have all you need. And if, therefore, something is going on that makes your little man in your heart, or lady, sorry, it shouldn't have been sexist, stand up, or you stand up here. I want to tell you, today, there'll be a chance for us to pray. Please be seated, for us to pray. And you know that awesome power of the Lord that says you are strong. You are not weak. You are not feeble. You are not downtrodden. You are not defeated. And the reason I know that, says the Lord, is because you are mine. And I am strong. I am not defeated. I am victorious. That's an amazing message, really. I love this sentence. Because it's as he ponders that. So the enemy tries hard. An enemy that wants to make us think we're weak and feeble. And he also tries hard to set us against one another, if he can. Sister against sister, brother against brother. Because if he can do that, then he can stop this church, his church, carrying out what God has planned for us. tries hard. There must be a reason, mustn't there? Why? Because I genuinely believe that the awesome power of God wants to break through in this place and quite frankly even if you don't believe it the enemy does and he knows God's awesome power think of Jesus in the desert resisting temptation Satan knows the power we're talking about Satan tried to put Christ in a grave look what happened and he would rather thank you very much that Minehead Baptist Church didn't open itself up to the possibilities of what might happen if that power was unleashed here. Because Satan's a defeated foe, and the war is lost. And if he can just stop you, or stop me, and stop us here, then he may have lost a war, but maybe the battle for Minehead can still be won. Nah. We're not prepared for that, are we? No. Hallelujah. Thank you. And as he ponders that reality, Paul's thoughts take flight. And he reflects on the power of God revealed in Jesus and how God's power truly affects us as the church. Indeed, just to let you know, he gets more excited than me. Difficult to know, I see I know, but he does. And I can prove it. Because if you look, if you've got a Bible and you think, you you look in your Bible at the beginning of verse 18 and you look in your Bible at the end of verse 21... Can you see how big that paragraph is? Those of you that have got scriptures open? If you can, I want to tell you this. In the Greek, the original Greek that Paul wrote this letter in, that's all one sentence. He doesn't stop for breath. So I want to do something profound for everyone here this morning. I'm going to give you 60 seconds of rest. Now, I I need you to be comfortable, so I'm going to invite you to get comfortable, whether you're like Julian and you're leaning across the chair in front, hallelujah for your brother, or you want to sit back and you want to be comfortable. Just just get comfortable. You can take the time to relax and to think of the dinner, if you want, or you can take the time to bring that sense, those of you whose little uh, man stood up, to bring that sense of weakness, my feeling of weakness to the Lord, Or, you can spend 60 seconds listening to me, because actually, what I want you to do is to read Paul's prayer to you once again, but to read a modern paraphrase of it, actually, so that you will just hear what Paul was praying over you, so that you'll understand his original intent. So here we go. In the listen with mother way, are you sitting comfortably? Paul's prayer to you. I pray that you will get to understand how fantastically great God's power is. His power at work in you. Do you want to know how to measure God's power? You measure it by seeing it in action and by thinking about the sheer authority and strength which he exercised when he raised Jesus from the dead. And that was no mere resurrection. He wasn't reviving a corpse. When he raised Jesus, he seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, where he is far above all other rulers and authorities and powers and dominions. In fact, you can't mention a power that's not greater than that he's not greater than god put everything under his feet and on the subjects of parts of the body let's mention heads god made him the head over everything ruler over the whole universe and here's the fantastic thing he's the head of everything for the church that's you and me if he's the head then the church is his body completing him. Yes, giving completion and fullness to the one who fills the whole universe. So great is he. May the Lord touch you and speak to you in that simple retelling of Paul's prayer. Why does it matter? Why should it matter? It's a bit strange, isn't it, if you think of that analogy of a body. Imagine your head and your body doing two different things. That would be stressing, to say the least. The church needs to be aligned with its head. The body needs Jesus. Why should it matter? Why should it be important for us? To feel the power that Paul talks about. Well, if I don't know that power, if I don't know the hope and riches and power we have, and we in Jesus Christ, then faith becomes dull and listless, and the church can become nothing more than a ritual and a burden. But it's in knowing the explosive power of God's grace that we begin to live like someone who has that power. And this morning, therefore, the call is to to do this, to bring before him in prayer in a while those moments we feel weak and to exchange them for the explosive power of the Lord. God raised Jesus to life and he didn't just reverse the process of death, restoring this dead Jesus to this life, but rather he transcended death. It's awesome He raised Jesus to a new life, immortal, glorious and free, which no one has ever, no one's experienced before and no one has experienced since. But friends, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, if you know him, I want to add, that's true, but hallelujah, the reality is no one's experienced it yet. Because one day we will. One day we will, friends. It's divine power. It's the power that the Lord longs to pour out on his church, on this church here. And the question is, do we want this power in our lives and in this church? Or frankly, are we secretly quite happy to reject the offer? Because if we accept it, then it means everything changes, including our lives. Everything will need to be reordered, including our lives. And we'll have to act, not within the confines of what we're prepared to do, Or even within the confines of what we can think we can do, but we will need to act in power, God's power, and nothing will be impossible. And you and I will be called to do the impossible for God. Realistically, this morning, if we own God's power, we're going to go and do the impossible. That's the call on the church. I want to do the impossible, I'm that kind of character. During the Second World War, they, they learned a secret. They learned how to teach raw recruits to throw grenades. Now, I'm not sure many of us would want to give our children, for example, a grenade. <laughs> That'd be quite interesting, wouldn't it? <laughs> no. But the way they trained raw recruits to throw grenades is quite interesting. What they would do is they would give you a wooden dummy grenade. Got that about the same weight? And they'd ask you to throw it, and they, they'd grade you on how far you could throw the grenade. Because to be honest with you, they wanted to make sure that when you threw the grenade, you could actually hit the enemy. There's no much point being 30 yards away from someone if you've got a grenade and you throw it 20, and they've got a gun. Because guess what? They'll shoot you. So the first thing they did was they, just, they worked out how far you could throw a grenade. Got that? And they graded you. It all seems sensible, doesn't it? And then, once they've done all of that, they gave you a live grenade. And they told you to throw it. This is the words of one of the instructors. Quote, When you give anyone a live grenade, you would be surprised how much further they can throw it than the (laughs) the dummy. (laughs) Okay, Isn't that like God's power... (coughs) For you and for me and for this church. If we're using anything but God's power, we can go so far. But with the live, real thing, we can go so much further. Now, I'm not going to give you a grenade. Is that all right? That would certainly bring the walls of the church down, though, wouldn't it? But I'm not, but I'm not going to give you a grenade. Two reasons. It's illegal and I've got no grenades. But the, but the truth is, friends, we could throw a grenade further than we ever thought how this same instructor was asked how come therefore do you think these new recruits can throw a live grenade further this is what he said it's because at the moment they held a live grenade they knew how much power they had in their hands it's the same for us isn't it it's when we begin to understand how much power christ has placed in our hands that our lives begin to change and we do more because we expect to do more. It's important that we know the power that Christ has given us. If we know that reality, it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Then everything we do for the Lord, every chair we put out, every warm welcome someone receives, every prayer we offer, every song of worship we sing, every act of grace, every testimony shared, every metamorphic wall we turn down in our lives and in this church will have value. Why? Because the power that transformed and raised Jesus from the dead changed everything for him for all eternity and if we're engaged in the work of the lord that same power can transform people's situations and change your situation eternally why do i say this morning if you stood up that the lord can release you from the bonds of feeling weak because i can do nothing but he can do everything and he can change it forever and ever and ever So friends, that's the invitation of this moment, of this day. Our knowledge of God's power should give us confidence. It should give us confidence to do all things. We have God's immeasurable power available to us. And we're going to pray. Not only that it will be available to us, but in this moment you will have the power in you and you will know that awesome, majestic power. Dear Minehead Baptist Church, I want to ask you, do you want the power? Let's pray. Father, I, I know, Paul says, the awesome, majestic, holy power of our Father God is available to us all. I stand before you as someone that has often rejected that power. Tried to fight things in my own way. Felt weak and alone and dejected. I pray for all of us. That either stood up and were brave and bold. Or in our hearts stood up another time of boldness and bravery. I pray... That at this moment, and even at this very second, Lord, the power of the Holy Spirit may be sweeping through. That restored, battered, broken lives may be made whole. That weakness, where we see things as being feeble, may be flipped. And instead of us thinking we're weak, I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would acknowledge that you are strong. And we would be able, Lord, to rely upon your strength and your power as we stand. I pray for this church that we may, Lord, not just today, but over these coming weeks leading up to Pentecost, begin to know the power of the Lord. And that, Lord, that would start now with divine exchange that says we no longer want to go our way and do our things. We need your power. And we need it more than we've ever done before. And, Lord, we need it in more abundance than we've ever had before. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray you would move through this place. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 19 that God told him that his power is made perfect in weakness. There are times, Lord, when we feel that something is beyond us, completely beyond us, and we feel we don't have the strength or the capacity to do it. When we come to those moments, Lord, that's when we turn to you and say, Lord, this is totally beyond me, and I pray that that will be this moment today when we know, know in the sense of experiencing God's power sustaining us. Finally, Lord, Paul prayed for those Christians, those he wrote to in Ephesus, that they would know God's immeasurable power towards us who believe. Knowing your power is not about our head knowledge, it's about our heart knowledge. So this morning we simply say, fill us anew with the power, majesty, might, grace and love of the Spirit that in our lives you may be worshipped and this church may move forward remembering Easter because by the grace of God your power as demonstrated then is ours today. Fill us all with that power I pray in Jesus name. Amen. Well, I invite the group to come back. There's one other thing, just to remind you. We spoke of it at the beginning. Wherever you are today, and I'd love if you, specifically if you stood up, I'd love you just to come find me. Let's chat. Let's speak together. Let's work out together what God is saying to you. Um, but, But in reality, we have to acknowledge, as a start point, if we want this power to flow, the battle belongs to the Lord. In my own life, I have to tell you, when I have come and prayed those prayers in sincerity... It's when I worship afterwards that the Lord seems to empower me. So, out of faith, I say, the Lord will empower this church. As we acknowledge to him, the battle belongs to the Lord.
2: What an amazing reminder that was, that God's power just goes ahead of us and can transform anything, any situation. And I don't want to take this verse out of context, but in 2 Chronicles, it just... Kind of just reminds me, it's a good analogy for our lives, that this is what the Lord says to you, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. And whatever that vast army is for you, and I think, you know, we all, we all have those things that are our army, whether that's our insecurities, for me, depression and anxiety that tells me that I cannot stand up and lead music for you all, and the lies that the devil tells me through that, maybe your army is... Issues that you're having in your families or your relationships or your friendships or your finances or your health. So many things. But the Lord goes ahead of us in that amazing power and the battle is his. So we're going to sing um, The Battle Belongs. One moment. Um, and we get to sing those amazing words, "Almighty Fortress, you go before us, and nothing can stand against the power of our God, because you shine in the shadows, you win every battle, and nothing can stand against the power of our God. so let 's stand to sing) <coughs> That belongs to you. Can
1: I ask you to leave those, those words up, Brian? I want you to stay in an attitude. Because I'm going to read a psalm over you. But before I do, I want to invite you to ponder to do something for me. You see, so when I'll fight, see these words? I'll fight on my knees. For some of you this morning, actually, to acknowledge and receive that power of the Holy Spirit, you need to be on your knees. It doesn't matter what the person next to you does or around you or behind you or in front of you or even the minister. You need to be on your knees. For some, you need to have your hands lifted high. and Go, oh God. For some, you need to literally lay your fear. And I would invite you where you are because it's a gentle action and no one but you and God will know you'll do it. I invite you to open your hands and literally lay your fear. We're going to do that in prayer and then we're going to sing this verse once again, If that's this chorus rather once again, if that's okay. But I invite you to do that, dear church, with your everybody else but me. Because I've got to have my eyes open to read the psalm, if that's okay. Just to close their eyes. To give everybody in this church space and respect. I invite you to do that. To get on your knees. To raise your hands. To lay aside your fears at the feet of the Lord. As this psalm is read, Psalm 29, psalm that reveals God's power and how we can trust God to give us both peace and strength and weather the storms of life. Ascribe to the Lord, O mighty ones, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due to his name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord thunders over the mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf. Siron like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord strikes with flashes of lightning. The voice of the Lord shakes the desert. The Lord shakes the desert of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord twists the oaks and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. And the Lord blesses his people with peace. And Father here in this church, at this moment, we say thank you for the great Psalm of David that speaks of trust and peace and strength. And we declare that the battle belongs to the Lord, and that when we fight, we'll fight on our knees, we'll fight with our hands lifted high. We'll fight laying every fear aside. We'll fight and sing that the battle is yours. Because, Father God, the victory is yours and has already been won. So in this moment, friend, I invite you to simply come. Father God, however we have responded to you today, may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, I know he's on the victory, but we're going to remind ourselves that we fight in the strength of the Lord.
2: I read that moment, didn't (laughs) I? There you go. So when I fight, I'll fight
0: almighty.
1: Father God, we thank you for that divine exchange. Praise be to the one who has already won. And I pray, Lord, that many here would know the power of the Lord, and we would be transformed to your glory and honour. In Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we're going to end in a worship song. Um, And the offering.
2: And And the offering.
1: Oh, okay, and the offering. Um, I've got this out. I I got it out deliberately because because there's someone here, and it might be more than one person here, that just needs anointing this morning, that needs, as part of that response, to come and receive some anointing in oils. There's nothing special about the oil. There's nothing special about the minister. But there is something amazingly special in responding to God. And you just need that this morning. I don't know if that's for you. Come find me. Because just have a sense for at least one person. That's the reality of the morning. And we are going to end rather with a fact. The reason we know that the Lord's Lord's victorious is because he's coming again. And I think Laura's going to lead us that way too. Hey, this service was well put together, Laura. Well done, thank you. Oh, thank
2: you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to end by singing He's Coming on the Cloud, so the lion and the lamb. He's coming on the
0: clouds, he's and kingdoms
1: will bow down. Biblical scholars say that Paul's letter to the Ephesians is in two bits. Verses, chapters 1 to 3 is about unity in Christ, and chapters 4, 5, and 6 are about unity in the body and church. That, which we've just had this morning, that reading, that knowing the power, it was from the section that's about unity in Christ. And Paul ends that section in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, with a prayer. Which I'm going to pray over you as a blessing, just changing the word we to you. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all, all you ask or imagine, according to to his power that is at work within you. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen.
0: To leave a comment, please go to mynhead-baptist.com slash Well, thank you once again for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.